0: Welcome to another episode of Palt on Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Palt, and today I've got friend of the show, Mark Adams. He's a senior vice president at CUI, and we're going to continue our conversation about uh, digital power because, as we all know, it's not a stationary thing, but it's been a moving target since it first started. Isn't that right, Mark? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for the uh, thanks for the opportunity, uh, Absolutely. Uh, digital is a moving target. And uh, just when you think you have it figured out, uh, it continues to uh, move and get even more dynamic. I guess that's digital by nature, right? Exactly. And well, because the moment you
0: give people a set of functionalities, they want more functionality, of course.
1: Well, you know, the uh, the interesting thing is is that uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, when this first started, um, you know, digital power was, uh, geez, look what we can uh Put into this IC, and you get all these functions, and, and it was a it was a nice to have. And there were a lot of customers out there that found ways to integrate that. But um, there's been a significant shift um, from a, a nice to have function to a have to have function when it comes to, you know, for example, adaptive core voltages. Um, you know, they're not reserved for Intel processors anymore, and uh, so the requirements are, are moving. Uh, and voltages are dropping, and it seems like overnight that uh, there's been a significant shift in the requirements, especially at the point of load space.
0: Well, and one of the big things, Mark, you're absolutely right there. I guess we should stop saying that because I think we're both on the same sheet of music here. <laughs> but you are right. The um, functionalities are there, but the key is, is that it's providing serious benefits because one of the additional benefits – are the fact that now you have programmable power at the point of load, you've automatically increased the yield of your chip provider because now stuff that's got marginal input voltages can now be binned and you can drive them with an intelligent power system that can go plus or minus 10%. And
1: that's exactly why they're, uh, you know, that the... chip companies are pushing that now down to the board level to, to make those adaptive changes, um, so that they can increase their yields, um, and try to maintain, uh their, uh, their, pricing structures. Um, you know, if they're having to bend those parts and throw those parts out, then, you know, somebody has to pay for them in the end and, uh, it's going to be the customer. So with that responsibility though, it, it pushes a, a power requirement, um, to a design engineer that, um, you know, often isn't uh, isn't a power design engineer. I mean, they, um, when you look at something that's pushing down to 0.8 volts on the core nowadays, and then it has to be adaptive. So that means I have to have digital. And then um, on top of that, uh, the transient responses that are happening, um, you know, how do I do that? How do I make it adaptive? And how do I do that in this very limited board space that I'm being given without putting a dump truck of output capacitance to accommodate for, um, for the transients and all the other uh, voltage requirements uh, that are out there. Well, that
0: makes a very good point, which that adds another layer, which we're, I want to definitely talk about a little downstream, that whole educational and understanding and embracing aspect of it. But let's roll back a little bit. Why don't we um, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing, you know, what new IP are you injecting into your technologies to address a lot of this stuff?
1: Yeah. So, uh, what, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, we just announced is a um, is a 60-amp module and uh, what's unique about the 60 amp module that um, that we uh, introduced is, uh, first of all, it has the uh, the ZL8800 on it from Intersil, which is the latest and greatest, um, you know, uh, always compensated uh, IC with their patented charge mode technology. And then mm-hmm. uh, on top of that, what we've done is we've incorporated a block of IP that we uh, brand as a Solus topology what it is, it's a SEPIC-fed buck topology. So now what we're able to do is it's an integrated magnetic technology that uh, allows uh, greater transient response uh, without having to uh, buffer with the the output capacitance that we talked about. Um, It has better EMI, um, and it's a higher efficiency and a denser package. So, um, you know, one of our competitors has a, a... 40-amp module, and and we put 60 amps in the same exact space, and we actually, from a horizontal perspective, we actually take it down to um, below 8 millimeters, so down to um, about 7.4 millimeters height. So, um, you know, we're trying to impact the X, the Y axis of the board, but also um, the Z axis is uh, becoming more uh, important out there. So, it's a tight package. Um, it's a three-dimensional package that we try to um, condense and then um, also drive towards those those performance benchmarks that uh, that are needed on these uh, these new chimps out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what about heat sinking? You know, actually, there's uh, there's no heat sinking required on it. That's the uh, that's the great thing about it. Um, it uh, there we are looking at options because you know more and more we're uh, engaging with customers that, um, you know, are basically no-airflow no, no airflow environments. Um, typically, these kind of densities have been reserved for the datacom, telecom structure where they've got, uh, you know, a, a turbofan trying to blow across the boards, trying to keep cool. But um, there's boxes out there that um, we're engaged with now that um, have zero airflow. And um, and they're pushing uh, a lot of current around there, so it's there um, it, it, for those type of applications. Um, we're absolutely uh, engaged with that, but in a general use, with if there's airflow, there's there's no heat sinking required.
0: Wow! So basically, your topology really tries to address the strengths of the digital control methodologies that are there to enable the most uh, optimum opera- operation.
1: It. it it takes, it takes the best and makes it better. <laughs>
0: well, I'll, I'll let you say that. I, I have to be impartial, but I I'll I will let the uh, facts speak for themselves, which leads me to what type of support do you provide? What kind of evaluation kits or uh, support in, from the engineering side do you give designers who want to incorporate your solution into their product?
1: Yeah, so the 60M module right now, we are uh, sampling to uh, select customers. Uh, our engagements uh, have been uh, incredible. Um, we've um, uh, provided samples, uh, sample kits, uh, as well as an uh, easy to use uh, graphical user interface that um, what we try to do is we try to strip out um, all of the items that we take care of. Um, you know when a design engineer uses an IC, they get everything plus the kitchen sink and a, and a GUI because they need to twist every knob. And, and we've actually taken care of 80% of the knobs. So we try to, we provide a, a very simple um, uh, GUI that is uh, really, you don't need a keyboard. It's a mouse um, that can drive everything. So you can, you can click through the whole process um, and program it and have it running in, uh, in no time. Uh, so, you know, a customer is looking for that can solution in a and a module uh, because 60 amps isn't easy to design on a board um you know we try to we try to keep that consistent simple digital platform going forward
0: right well i mean just the fact that you're even talking about 60 amps on a board and such i can remember when you subvolt chips weren't even around and we're here we're now talking about some of these engineers that are trying to design these products into their solutions are doing things like creating, I don't know, church organs, children's toys, interesting application spaces, or uh, even, say, for example, industrial application spaces that didn't have intelligent power before and are now adopting it. There are tremendous educational and guidance issues involved, and it's, and I, I'm, it's Good that you can give them that kind of support because you need to have it to make the technology uh, progress and integrate into the existing
1: solutions right Yes I mean it's we're really focused on on taking the complicated solution and making it easy. Um, the design engineer today again they just they don't have the time um, design cycles are getting shorter on them. Um, time to market is everything for these companies, and um, we're really focused on providing not only a, a superior hardware product, but a, a, an opportunity for the um, implementation of that that does not impact that schedule, and they can go back to doing what they do, and that's typically creating IP um, that makes that board work.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, what are some of the other uh, like top advantages from this uh, product family?
1: So um, we're continuing to expand. This is uh, this is our first product in the point of load space with this um, this topology. Uh, we also do have a quarter brick that we just announced with this topology. It's a 720 watt quarter brick. So from us uh, going forward, you're going to see um, this uh, technology uh, proliferate throughout. Um, you know, I would expect to see uh, higher densities um, being pushed. Uh, when we look out there and we look at the chipsets driving um, current, uh, I was just reading through a, uh, a data sheet uh, yesterday that um, you know has a, a peak transient uh, requirement of 180 amps. I mean, so how do you do 180 amps uh, on a board? Um, you know, those are the well, things that's that we're going to, to look for. Well, I apologize, Mark, but that just? It starts making
0: me think of some of these claims of charging cell phones in five seconds and all. I mean, at that point, you're putting a lot of pressure on the lead frame in the package. Forget about the topology of the technology. You could have magic fairies inside that can transfer that kind of power, but how do you pump that through a millimeter-thick wire?
1: Yeah, you know, that's, and it's, it, it, for the most part, it's the, uh, um, when the, it's when these things turn on, right? It's not, it's not a consistent. So even at, even at 180 amps, when you look at the, this particular chipset, it's a typical of a 90 amp rail, but it has to be able to handle 180 when you flip that chip on because it, it's going to spike and traffic's going to run across it immediately. Um, right. But yeah, it's, uh, reliability is, is really important to us. So when you look at, for example, our Topology, that's one of the inherent advantages of it because because of the SEPIC-fed buck and the way that it's architected um, is that there's actually less stress on our device. So while we can increase our densities and we can increase all the other advantages, the life expectancy of our products is going to far exceed a typical buck converter. So um, it is important to us because you're absolutely right. When you're, uh, when you're jamming a lot of... Uh, amps across these things um there's a lot of stresses on the system exactly i mean
0: even just thermal if nothing else you know just the just the hysteresis of the of the shrinkage and growth of the products when you're warming them up and cooling them down i mean i half of what i know about power i got from high-end audio and even then and they were very lavish with their board layouts they knew thermal was an issue oh yes absolutely <laughs> so mark uh, I'd love to keep chatting, but unfortunately, we do have episode constraints. But I do always give my guests the last word. So, Mark, what um, ideas, thoughts, tips do you have for us and the audience before we close out the episode? It could be about the product, but it doesn't have to be. It could be on the market or whatever your uh, opinion is at this stage. But uh, just yeah, leave us with your words, please.
1: Yeah, digital power is uh, is definitely uh, is growing. Um, you know, we've been we've been hearing about it a while. Um, that it's coming, it's coming, and, you know, frankly, it, it's here. Um, when you look at the uh, PMBus 1.3 being released, the implementation of AVS Bus, there's significant um, uh, happenings in the space and the technology, and we're really focused on being in front of everything, um, being one of the first to market with, uh, that meet the needs, as well as integrating our own IP, and I do hope that uh, the people that are listening go to uh, www.cy.com and learn more about the uh, the products that uh, we have today, and um, and the products that uh, we have uh, coming down our roadmap.
0: Excellent. Well, hey, Mark, I appreciate it, and uh, definitely want to drag you back in a few months again to touch base on where digital is. But for now, I'm unfortunately going to have to let you go. But thanks.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Oh, the pleasure is mine. And I'd also like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.